Welcome to the Eclectic Reader Podcast, where a new year means another attempt at shrinking our TBR. Spoiler warning, it won't. I'm Tara. I'm Susan. I'm Jeanette. And I'm Meredith. How are you guys? The holidays are over. Thank God. (laughs) Yes, they are. (laughs) And only because it's just so hectic, you know? Um, Oh, sure. Yeah. My in-laws visited... My parents visited, <laughs> you know, my kindergartner's on break, so we are getting back to normal, so that's nice. Um, I can focus on my youngest turning three, so. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Every yeah. time you bring up a birthday, it's just like, <laughs> I you feel father time moving that clock just a little bit more. Oh, Ex- Yeah. It- I'm pretty sure that we had this same conversation last year, but like it just sent a panic attack because I know that your youngest is the same age as my daughter. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, no, this is what I have to look forward to in nine months. Oh, no. (laughs) It's nine months away. I'm already panicking. (laughs) I hope to God you don't. Like she is. (laughs) She's a pill. (laughs) Oh, no. She is charismatic. She knows she's charismatic, and she is pig-headed <laughs> and super smart. <laughs> yeah, that that's my daughter already, yep. so mm-hmm. this is going to be great. No, I'm yeah. just more worried about her turning three and me being like, oh, no, I'm so old. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> not, it's only super obvious with kids, you know? Like, you got little ones around, you're close to little kids, and it's like, how are you, like, three already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jeanette? How are you doing? I am doing excellently. I, you know, love the holidays and getting a little extra time to myself these past couple of weeks has put me in that new year kind of frame of mind. So I've decided to reorganize my time. And we all know nice. I love to organize. So this has been kind of fun for nerdy little me. So I'm reorganize been... your time. Yes. I what does have... that really mean? Is that well, like bullet I've... journaling, that sort of thing? No, although I do have done, um, don't do it regularly. I have done like a loose kind of bullet journal. Um, but what I'm really doing is kind of reorganizing my time to acknowledge the life that I have with like a two-year-old and the fact that some things that I can could do before that I've been kind of struggling to keep up with, they're just not working for me. So like certain mm-hmm. ways I schedule my day and things like that. So what I've been doing is like acknowledging like, okay, you know, my most free time is at eight o'clock at night. So that's when I work out. And I've actually exercised more since acknowledging oh, that. Oh, nice. Just like that rather than trying to fit it in when, you know, my daughter's awake or trying to do it early in the morning because I'm not a morning person. Giving yourself a frictionless existence as much as possible. Yeah. Basically. So kind of just that. reorganizing my schedule, you know, and it's been really, really nice. Now what it means is that I can't usually sleep because I'm exercising at night. <laughs> I'm hoping my body's going to adjust to that. Have you tried and- the warm milk thing or any of the other? <laughs> you know I don't drink milk. <laughs> uh- <laughs> don't like milk. Sorry. It's all right. Or what about you, Meredith? How you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good. Um, not a whole lot to catch you guys up on, but I am excited that I'm going to see Jeanette and some of our other friends later today, actually. 
Um, the the girls in our young adult book club locally, we do like this will be what our third time doing this, but we we do kind of like a secret Santa book exchange right after the holidays. Aw, yeah, yeah. 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 that'll be fun. Will be fun. That's so cute. <laughs> and I get to surprise somebody with a gift. It's fun. Yeah, who doesn't love that? Nope. It's so much fun. <laughs> what about you, Tara? How are you doing? <sighs> I'm good. I'm in Miami this weekend. Uh, for once, I'm not in like Budapest or Hong Kong or somewhere random. Um, <laughs> I'm here doing our annual sales kickoff for my company. So um, yeah, got to spend some time with my folks, Sam's husband, which never really happens once you're married, oddly enough. Yeah. Uh, so it's been it's been nice, actually, getting them all to myself. Um, but yeah, you know, mostly I've just been taking a breath from 2018 and then, you know, getting ready to start 2019. Brand new year, new things going on. Uh, it's going to be exciting, I think. Yeah. Cool. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So, guys, got to ask you, what are you reading now? It's a new year, <laughs> new books. Uh-oh. What do you got, Susan? Um, well, I have, because I just reread uh, Paper Magician and Glass Magician, I am now reading Master Magician, and that one I have not read. So maybe I'll actually complete the series. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, so I'm reading that right now. I am reading Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, because the illustrated copy I have, um, my husband actually got it for me when he was in London, so it's actually Philosopher's Stone. Which is that's fun. nice. That's yep. nice. Yeah, and then uh, I'm also reading Obsidio, so I can finish that series as well. And then uh, I have started Assassin's Apprentice for my local book club. So that one that's is, fun. I've heard good things about that one. Right, me too. So I'm really excited to really dig into it. Um, I'm still kind of at the beginning, so it's still a little slow. So it's still good. Okay. Yeah. All right, Tara. What you reading? Uh, all right. So I have a lot of series <laughs> that I really need to finish that I've started parts of books for and have never finished them. And so my goal for the end of January is to finish all those series. And that's the, that includes the Broken Earth series, um, Queen of Erin Darkness, um, which is the new Shadowhunter book. I'm only like 5% into that. Um, but of course, I want to read it. Um, for new books, my friend recommended me The Queen of the Tearling by Erica Johansson. Ooh, I've heard and I'm stuff al- about that. Yeah, yeah I'm I've also only on 5% into it, but I'm, I'm kind of digging it so far. So that's that's what I've got. But that's very ambitious for me. That's like m- more than I read for fun all year <laughs> last year. <laughs> well, I mean, um, The Queen of Air and Darkness is how long? It's huge. It's it's mm-hmm. giant. It, it might be the biggest Shadow Hunter book, and that's saying something. Yeah. I, I, I feel like just looking. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. That series has like eight POVs. Not even lying. Like just an insane amount of POVs. Um, but even for I, still, even with the big font, because it is a YA, it's fairly intimidating to just to hold it. Um, yeah, but, I bet. <laughs> But, like, the second book really ended in a huge cliffhanger. So I'm really interested to see what they do with that. So 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm into it. I want to read it. I'm excited to read it. I could probably read it in two days. I just need to find two days in which to do it. In. So, we'll <laughs> yeah, that's <see>. understandable. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jeanette? What are you reading? I have actually had a little bit more time, so I've been having a lot of fun. I read A Very Wide Expanse of Sea by uh, Tahara Mafi, who, um, er, which is about a girl, um, a Persian-American girl, who is kind of trying to deal with her sophomore year of high school, and it's the year after 9-11 happened. So she's going through a lot of, like... Um, prejudice and all of sorts of things, but it. She goes to this new school and she meets this guy, and her brother um, starts a break dancing club. So she kind of starts to make friends, and she kind of learns to see the world differently. And it's just really, really interesting. It's got a like really sweet romance in it. Uh, and I'm reading, and it, or I just finished reading an extraordinary union by Alyssa Cole because I'm trying to finish up all those reads I didn't finish up at the end of 2018. So that's the Civil War romance. I think you read that one, didn't you, Susan? I did. Yep. Yeah. So Civil War romance between a former slave and a Union spy, which is kind of fun. It's a little bit denser than than most romances because it's got more intrigue. Mm -hmm. They got to figure things out. And I read Night Broken by Patricia Briggs, which is one of the books in the Mercy Thompson series, which I've been meaning to get to for forever. And I forgot how much I loved Mercy Thompson. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so good. And Xenocide by Orson Scott Card. Okay. And now I'm going back to Siege and Storm by Lee Bardugo. So Nice. Yeah. Your list always intimidates me. I'm like, how? <laughs> when? But it's awesome. Those late, those late nights after I work out now. <laughs> <You can't> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, and, well, I'll get to this when we talk about reading resolutions, but I, I got something interesting here. Ooh, um, all right. But first, I want to hear what Meredith's been reading. Okay. Well, I guess technically right now the only thing I'm reading – is Sense and Sensibility by Jane Austen, an audiobook. And the reason for that is last night I finished The Obelisk Gate by M.K. Jemison. Tell me nothing. <laughs> I won't. Um, so it was an interesting second book. Mm-hmm. It definitely was much slower paced. Yep. Um, so I didn't like it as well as the first book, but you definitely learn some new things and you get a new point of view, which is cool. Um, and I'm definitely interested to see where this all goes in the third book. So I'm sure I'll get started on that soon. Yep. And also, guys, you know what else I recently finished? City of Heavenly Fire by Cassandra Clare. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, I finished the Moral Instrument series. <laughs> Knew you could do it. I believed oh, in you the entire time. And so I actually listened to that one by audiobook, which was uh, pretty interesting. And I liked it after books four and five not being really very great. um, Book six kind of ended it on a high note. So I'm actually looking forward to reading the Dark Artifices trilogy. Yay! Uh, Woohoo! 
And then I also recently, man, I did a lot of audiobooks now that I'm thinking about it, because this was also on audio because it was mm-hmm. a road trip read. But I uh, read Ghostly Echoes by William Ritter, which is the third book in the Jacoby series. So I got one more book to finish in that series, which is cool. <laughs> That's a series Look I need you. to go back awesome. to. <laughs> You're I doing really everything wanted. I said, like, that I was going to do. Finishing up <laughs> yeah. series, getting through it. Love it. That is awesome. All right, guys, you know what I'm going to read now? What's that? I'm going to read some listener feedback. Yay! What? (laughs) Yeah. So we got a review from Melissa Jane 80 entitled A Fun Podcast. And she says that this is a fun podcast that talks about what we're reading and one book we've all read together. And it's, you know, a great description of our podcast for people who haven't listened and we appreciate that because that's how people are going to find us so if you guys want to rate and review us we'd really appreciate that other people who are looking for a great book podcast might thank you and if you're from another country meredith just found out that we can only see um we can only see reviews reviews from our own country unless we go to your country like on our computers obviously so if you're from a country outside the u.s give us a shout out on litzy or twitter and let us know where you are so we can go look for you Mm -hmm. exactly let us know if you left us a review because i can only go through so many countries at a time (laughs) and and then you'll get a shout out on our podcast because we love reviews we do (laughs) and you know what else we love we love reading goals, so let's talk about reading resolutions. Do we? Do we all love reading goals? <laughs> I think we I love to set them. I don't think we always love to complete them. Yeah. <laughs> That's just life, though, right? In yeah, just in true. general. It's true. It is true. That's the whole premise of, like, the new year is we start new goals, and then we're like, but also, you know, sleeping is pretty good. Yeah, I love sleep. Just <laughs> me too. Spoiler new year, alert. New goal, let's sleep Spoiler more. Spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. So first I got to ask, how did we do on last year's? And I do have your last year's goals. So I could do the do-do-do-do-do music and tell you what your last year's goals were. Or you could just tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> So I, I feel, I'm actually I feel gonna really s- intimidated with that. It's like, is she I was going to say, who wants to own up me? first? <laughs> oh, I was going to start with Meredith because Meredith wasn't actually on last year's episode. Ooh, yeah. So I don't have a goal for Meredith. So I want to know what Meredith's secret goals were that she didn't tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess technically I didn't set any official resolutions on the podcast since I wasn't on that episode. Um, but I set my Goodreads goal to 50 books and I read 67. So I felt pretty good about that. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Very good. It is. All right. Anybody want to volunteer? Oh, whatever. (laughs) Let's pull off the band-aid. Fine. (laughs) Jeanette, what were my goals from last year? Way to be brave, Tara. Gryffindor all the way. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) You didn't see me, but I just, like, gave you a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) So you said you wanted to read more and that you were going to aim for one book per trip. How'd yeah. you do? No. This was maybe <laughs> the worst reading year I've had 
since we started the book club, I'm not talking about the book podcast, I mean the book club itself. Um, It was, yeah, Meredith, you read 67. I would be lucky if I read 17 books this year. It has been rough. Uh, Just a really, really busy, hectic year uh, between travel and job and we have a new puppy by the way we have a new puppy (laughs) just it's been hard um and I did not do one per trip even so I I'm slightly ashamed uh but it did neither those things happened um my are we setting new goals right now or is that to come later we're get that's to come later okay so I did not do well I'm sorry shame me shame can I ask you a question of the books you read were you happy with the books that you read? Yeah, no, I read some really great books this year. So um, see, it's just, a win. It's mm-hmm. always a win when you're reading at all, right? Yep. And most of the time. We'll get to that later, too. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. See, the important thing is you loved what you read. Truth. All right, all Susan, right. you're up. Okay. No, um... The, uh, for 2018, I, you know, I've said it several times um, throughout the year on the podcast. Uh, one of my reading uh, resolutions and goals was to reread all, all the books I wanted to reread. Um, well, that list is like a hundred books because a lot of them are like series and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, I went back and I counted, and I reread 58. 58. Wow, that's really awesome. That's yeah. a lot. Um, 56, sorry. Um, but yeah, so, so I read 56 <laughs> books that I've been wanting to reread. Um, Ooh. and so I kind of like underestimated how much I was going to read. I think because I, like you, Meredith, lately, um, I read a lot of audiobooks. So, um, I set it to 50, but I guess I should have set it higher because I read 78. <laughs> that is like, awesome. That's like amazing. Oh, oops. <laughs> Um, I think I was assuming I was going to reread a lot of these books um, with like physical copies and, you know, books I already have. Um, and I think it occurred to me, like, I can find a lot of these books on audiobook and I can, you know, listen to them while I work. So Exactly. And yeah. that's a fun way I've found to reread anyway, to kind of give it a new mm-hmm. a new feeling. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I am... Really happy with what I reread, um, but I went back and looked at my list, and I was like, I still have so much more to read, and I didn't touch any of the graphic novels or comics that I wanted to reread. So it's like I need Aww. to, I need to revisit this. <laughs> you should have like a reread month, and just be like, this is my comic book reread month. And yeah, like knock those out. Yeah, well, oh, like on idea. my in my bullet journal, I do. I have like books I want to read that month, and like I keep putting in like Saga, and like, and I just haven't gotten it to, gotten to it. It's like, oh man. <laughs> so I'm the same way. I keep like I have graphic novels on my shelf I haven't read, and they don't take long to read, mm-hmm. and I just keep pushing them aside, and it's not fair to them. No, it's not. I I, I always feel yeah. really bad, and I think at this point, is I feel so guilty. I can't like look at them. <laughs> Okay, guys, we need to back up a second. I need to have a truth-telling situation with you guys here. They're inanimate objects. You should not feel guilty 
towards inanimate objects. I know, <laughs> but, but they I read what lonely. you want to read, guys. Yes. Just read what you want to read. And they're on and my list to read. Them. <laughs> oh, you guys are so cute. You guys are so cute. I love, though, that, Susan, you were like, oops, because, like, isn't over-reading the best oops ever? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <That's> awesome. <laughs> So Jeanette, your turn. Yeah, how about you? How did you do? So I had said that I wanted to do three reading challenges and read mostly books I already owned. And I had had set my goal on Goodreads to be 60 books. And then I said that I secretly wanted 75. But to be honest, I secretly wanted to get as close to 100 as possible, which I actually did. I got to 86 so that was really wow. good. Jeez. Oh, God, yeah. guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also said that I wanted to read things I felt like reading, and I don't think I did that. I did a few rereads when I felt like it, and I went and did a few series. And I did do the three reading challenges. I did the ER Mad Lips. Um, I did Book Bingo. And I did Let's See A to Z. I just realized towards the end of the year that I didn't really, they had slipped back in that, hey, I want to finish this challenge or I want to finish this book club book right away. Mm-hmm. And I stopped. The more the year went on, the less I read what I felt like. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, something to keep working on. So that leads us to what are we going to read this year? What are our resolutions, guys? Should we go back in the same order? I can start with Yeah, Meredith. we can do that. Yeah. Okay, so for 2019, I've definitely been inspired by Susan with her year of rereads. And <laughs> I'm not going to do just rereads, but I'm going to give myself permission to not feel guilty if I want to reread something because I love it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Yay. So um, some of the things I'm going to reread, as you know, I just said I was uh reading Sense and Sensibility by Jane Austen. So I'm going to reread the Jane Austen books. Um, I've been wanting to do that for a while, but there's actually um, a little book club going on on Instagram right now where they're reading one Jane Austen book a month and Sense and Sensibility is for January. So it was also like a cool way to have a community while I'm doing the reread. Um, So I think if you're on Instagram and you're interested, it's under the hashtag Ardently Austin Book Club. Nice. So it's it's really laid back. It's really just like read it in the month. And I think the last day of the month, you just make a post with your thoughts on it. And, you know, there might be some other things going along with it, but that's pretty much it. Um, So that'll be a good way for me to get that reread in the first, like, half of the year, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then some other things I'd like to reread. I'd love to reread The Lord of the Rings this year. Ooh, yay. Um, And to go along with that, my husband got me a gorgeous edition of the um, Silmarillion. I think that's how you say it, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's how I say it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, he got that, a gorgeous folio society edition of that book for my birthday a couple of years ago, and (laughs) I still haven't read it. So I think that would be a good way to read that first and then reread The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Um, I want to finish some series too, because that's always, that's always the hard part, right? We read so (laughs) many series and then actually going back and finishing them. So I'd like to finish the Throne of Glass series, uh, because I'm three books into that seven-book series. 
And then I also want to reread the first two Gentleman Bastard uh, books in the series Mm -hmm. um, so that I can read the third book. And um, I'm going to leave my reading goal at 50 books, and we'll see kind of how I do. Um, I'm not going to pressure myself because I would also like to get the first draft done of my current work in progress, the novel I started during NaNo. So I know that's going to eat into some of my reading time. Mm, So we'll kind of see how it goes, but I'm not, I think that's like my resolution is to not put pressure on myself. (laughs) I like that. That's good. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, You know what I like about like that, what you said, I like that you said giving yourself permission to reread books because that, that was something I had to face in like September. I really, really wanted, September is my birthday month. So I really, really wanted to reread a Jane Austen book for my birthday and I wanted to do it by audiobook. And I'm like, but there's so many other things I should be listening to. I should be listening to like a book club book. Or a podcast, because I'm like eight months behind on my podcast again, guys. And I was like, I should be doing this. And I was like, no, you know what? It's my birthday. I give myself permission. And it actually felt really good to do that. Nope. So Yay. I hope you find the same thing, that it, giving yourself permission. Like, yes. it's freeing. Yeah. It is. Find, yeah. find joy in what you loved in the past, you know? It is true. Yeah. So, Tara, what are you going to do this year? So I may have only read 17 books, but I easily bought at least 20 to 25. <laughs> Sounds about right. So, yep. <laughs> my goal this year is to read them. Nice. Novel. I know. Um, so I, I have, see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I literally have them stacked in my bedroom on my uh, bedside table and I just want to get through them so I can justify the cost of new books to my husband, basically. So uh, my goal is to get through at least uh, those. And there's some, listen, it's a mixed bag in there. There's some graphic novels. There's uh, some extreme, I I wouldn't even call it YA, uh, almost children's literature, I would say, Uh, like uh, the V.E. Schwab ghost what is oh, it? Oh, City of Ghosts. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, City of Ghosts. So like City of Ghosts, there's a lot of things in there that should be fairly quick reads, even though there's a few things in there that are definitely not. Um, so I feel confident that I can do that. And I've decided this year is going to be my year of not setting my expectations too high. So just want to get through that and then um, read to enjoy reading, try to get back into a regular flow of things. That's good. Nice and relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think it's better than what we originally thinking my resolution would be, which is, you know, read one book, you know, so it's you know <laughs> slightly better than read one book. <laughs> we said read one book because we knew you'd exceed that. You're trying to give you, yeah. you know, early success to keep you going. You guys are such great motivators. <laughs> what about you, Susan? Uh, so it's kind of on what everybody's talking about. Um, so this year, I'm just kind of giving myself kind of like free reigns. I'm just read what fancies me. So reread, completing a series, um, classic, a new release, like whatever catches my fancy is what I'm going to read. Um, so I think that's nice. Uh, on Goodreads, I set my challenge to up to 65 because... <laughs> I've realized last year I'm reading a lot more audiobooks than I thought. <laughs> so um, 
so yeah, it's going to be really casual, um, really laid back. And like, I thought about maybe doing a reading challenge, but it's like, mm, that kind of hinders me enjoying what I read because sometimes it's like, oh, I have to fill in this category and it's going to, I'm going to choose this book, but I kind of don't really want to read it. So, um, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. So I just, I figured I'm just, I'm not going to do any reading challenges. I think I like it that way. Um, I just, as, as fun as it is, like, I just, I don't like the feeling of the pressure to be like, okay, now I have to find a book to fit this one thing, you know? So there, you know, it happens to people like, oh, I just wasn't in the mood to read this. I'm going to have to like table it or, you know, like I didn't really enjoy it or so it's like, I'm just 65 books, read whatever I want. So nice. How about you, Jeanette? Well, I set my Goodreads challenge to 60 books again because I'm finding it's like the perfect middle ground. Like, It's right between, oh my gosh, that's a lot of books and totally doable depending on the year. Mm. Like one year I barely reached 60 and the other another year I did 100. So 60 is good. Um, but I'm going to try again to work on reading more own books than bought or library because I I did 32 out of 86 were books I had already owned. Thanks to all of you people picking books that were on my Kindle for (laughs) book club. (laughs) Yeah. Really appreciate that, guys. Um, We know what you want. But you did. You did. Um, But that was still less than half. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try on working on my own books. And I'm going to try again to do the reading what I feel like, because what I realized when I was reading um, Xenocide and Nightbroken was these are series that I really enjoyed, and I kind of put them down to do a bunch of other things. And when I came back to these series, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot why I liked these. So what I'm going to start doing is looking back at the series that I have not finished yet and seeing what I feel like and start picking from there and see if I can get through a couple of these series that I really enjoy. I have 95 unfinished series um, in my, wow. my Goodreads. Yeah. Not and books, some, series? Yeah. <laughs> and the, some of these are things that like go back to when, like almost literally when I was back, no, actually literally back to when I was a kid. So some of them I'm not going to pick up immediately. Um, and some of these go back to last year, well, like um, the Broken Earth series. So, nice. you know, that's where I'm going to start and see if I can knock some of these series off my TBR and off my Kindle. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I realize I'm just really bad at figuring out what I need book-wise. And then I get into these reading slumps. Mm. So why not start with series I love? Good way. And I also yeah. want to fix up my home library. So I'm not setting any writing goals like Meredith yet, but, you know, writing would be good. But I kind of want to fix up my workspace first so I have a nice place to write. Yeah, that's important. So I get it. Yeah. So and while I was looking through my TBR, this is the part that uh, I was talking about that I have to tell Tara something. <laughs> Actually, I have to tell all you guys something because all of you guys will be shocked. You guys ready to be shocked? Good. In the past, (laughs) in like the past eight years, roughly, since basically I started my Goodreads account, I have read six books of poetry. 
like total. Oh my wow. god, I'm so six, proud of you. <laughs> six books of poetry or verse. Like that's amazing. Jeanette, yes. I but, am shocked. <laughs> see? That now is here's that the part that it, here's bingo? the part where you is guys all for better book bingo be though. Down. No. And that's that's one part that you better be sitting down for. The other part is that of those six books, fifty percent I read last year. So I read three <gasps> nice. books in verse last year. Have wow. we only discussed this now? <laughs> because I didn't realize it. So I was looking through my Goodreads. I still say we eventually do a poetry only episode of this podcast because poetry gets no love. Just saying. Poetry gets no love. It's true. I, like, you know, you can put that pick that for your book That's bingo true. square again. Or you could pick it pick it for a yep, book club pick. For your month. I could, but forcing everyone to read a book of verse for book club seems I could do it though. Listeners, I mean, if you'd like me to pick a book of poetry, tweet me at Tara Newman <laughs> and maybe I will do it. Give me some sign that that'd be of interest of you to you. <laughs> you never know. Anyway, so that's so that's my exciting news. Um we asked Litzy followers what their 2019 reading resolutions were going to be, and we got some feedback back. So at Reader Die Rachel said that she wants to read more of the books that she already owns because it's getting out of hand. And clearly we all feel her. Totally. Hear you, yes. girl. <laughs> Megs Lynn said that she wants her bookish goal to, is to read more in general. She just finished college, so she has a little more free time, and she plans to turn a bedroom in her house into a personal library, which sounds delightful. Oh, good goals. Good Dude, goals. congrats on graduating. <laughs> also, Seriously. congrats on your new library. All that sounds great. Congrats on life, man. You're doing it. <laughs> um, McCartney says she wants to read exclusively off her own bookshelves or TBR. Book club accepted. So, good luck, McCartney. Good luck, Em. <laughs> and Amanda Joy said that she's focusing on reducing her TBR pile. I hear a theme. Let's just <laughs> yeah. all get a support group together, girls. I'm just saying we can all support each other. Say, all right, what are you reading? Push each other a little bit. I'm I'm all up for it. Sure, keep each other accountable. I'm all. Yep, I'm I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag so you're the like, TBR. So kind of like a book club. <laughs> Only without structure. We're not all reading the same book. That's what makes it different. No? All right. Oh, well, let, let's actually do a little bit of a book club thing and talk about the book that we all read this month. Do we have uh, to? I mean, yes. I guess, right? We kind of have to at this point. I'm sorry, Jeanette, but yes, it's time. Okay. It's happening. Okay. It is time. So this month we read Educated by Tara Westover. And here's a quick summary. No relation. <laughs> it's a, sorry. No. Seeing that just because you have the same first name and not mean that. It was, it was a joke, Meredith. God. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually your memoir and you just gave yourself it's, a yeah, it's all ago. Yeah, it's all a lie. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, so um, this memoir by not Tara from the Eclectic Readers podcast <laughs> is um, – all right. <laughs> you really messed me up. Let me, let me I'm sorry. 
this is a lot funnier than it should be. Because yeah. <laughs> this is ahead, not man. a funny no. book. No, it's not at all. No, it's not. I'm so sorry. I really am. <laughs> okay, let me get my serious face on that you cannot see. Um, huh. All right. Born in the mountains of Idaho to parents who believed that doctors and public schools were government conspiracies, Tara Westover did not receive a formal education until she entered college at 17, which then led to her receiving a Ph.D. from Cambridge University. Her Her memoir recounts her life with a father preparing them for the end of the world, a mother who midwived and created essential oil remedies for every ailment, and an abusive brother from which everyone turned a blind eye. But most of all, it recounts her true education, the transformation to the woman she is today. So yeah, this was a heavy read, I think. Um, what was something that stood out to you in this book? Oh man, her persistence. I mean, well, not even just her persistence, I would say. her. I, I found the way she tackled life and the way she talked about it um, to be very compelling. And it didn't seem, given everything you just said in that description, right, you would think that this would be a very overtly emotional read uh, from her point of view. And it it oddly wasn't. It felt to me, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was extremely emotional. But it felt to me like she was attempting to at least present the story as unbiased as possible. Yeah. Yes, um, I think so. Definitely. And, and, and I thought that was really remarkable, given the heavy content um, of the story. Tara, you used a word that I think that the the word that comes to mind for me when I think of this book is compelling. Um, mm-hmm. It was such a it is such a hard read. It is so emotional and so many terrible things, but it was compelling. Like I could not because I listened to the audiobook and I could not stop listening. Um, and I think the narrator has to do with it too. She was phenomenal. Um, she was. She was very good. Uh, but yeah, it was just like I couldn't put it down. It was just astonishing. You know, um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect a book like this to, to be compelling. I thought I was going to have to like put it down a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yep. What about Jeanette. you, Jeanette? So I get to be the curmudgeon on today's episode and that's okay. Cause we, you know, settled like six months ago that we all love curmudgeons. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you guys have to love me anyway. I... Honestly, what stood out to me was how disturbing this book is. There's a lot of very graphic description of abuse and injuries and bad things that happen, basically, due to parental neglect. And I, and maybe it's because I work with students, maybe it's because my kid's so little, but I just, it's was so disturbing to me how graphic the descriptions were and I honestly did have to put down the book a few times and I luckily read it during a road trip so I was basically trapped in the car with it so I finished it basically in 24 hours because like you said it is very readable and there are a lot of interesting things in the book but I I have to admit that after like the second dis- like graphic description of a terrible accident that could have been prevented. I was like, you know, if this weren't for book club, I probably wouldn't pick it up again. Mm. So 
And I think that is totally a valid feeling to have. Um, Definitely, if you are triggered by abuse or, yeah, just like really graphic accidents, um, this might not be the book for you. Yeah. And this might not be the podcast for you. So perhaps, you know. Well, not today. (laughs) Not today. Um, I mean, we're going to get into that a little bit. So, yeah, if if you think you're going to be triggered, feel free to stop listening Mm now. Um, But it for me, I think pretty much what you all have been saying, it was it was compelling, yet disturbing, yet kind of inspiring. Um, And (laughs) this is going to sound funny, I guess. But, you know, like her mom was like super into essential oils and has like this booming business now, like multi-million dollar a year business for her essential oils. And uh, my husband just bought me a pack of essential oils for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like... This isn't from their company, is it? It's it's not. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> good, good, good. <sighs> so, um, with all of these things that happened during the you know the young part of her life, do you feel like in the end was it her formal education that made the difference, or was it really just getting away from that toxic family? I think she needed I mean, I, that formal oh education. God. How could you do it otherwise? Yeah. There, there was no path for her outside of marriage, but even marriage doesn't get you away from the mountain. There was no path for her to get out in a way that would have been positive without education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the whole the reason why she probably named the book Educated is that it was her path off the mountain. Um, not that, you know, even getting there was easy for her. Yeah, I definitely yeah. think there's a little of both in there. Um, I think what's really making the difference in her mindset and her seeing reality is getting away from the family because I think if she had just gone and gotten the education and then gone back to the mountain, you know, she would have been sucked right back into this mindset of believing that everything that, you know, she was going through was okay. Right. Um, but I also don't think it would have been easy. I think she would have struggled a lot more to get away from the family mm-hmm. if without that education. I agree with Tara there. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's there's definitely a little bit of both. And I think the distance from her family is what really helped because you n- could see when she ha- talks about her older brother, Tony, leaving – she doesn't reference him very often when he's leaving and he's running his own bu- business mm-hmm. out across the country. So definitely leaving kind of distanced, you know, distanced him from the family a little bit. She talks about how she didn't see him very often. She didn't know him as well as like her younger siblings. But even to that point, he gets away from the family. He runs his own business. But, but when then his, yeah. at the end, he you know, when push comes to shove, he comes back. Yes, because his business fails. And then he has to come back and work for the family business. So the education definitely helped keep her away. Like Mm -hmm. getting away from the family, I think, Mm -hmm. is probably what is really, you know, helping her maintain that education, maintain that mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's what gave her the first opportunity to get away. Right. Um, you know, like Tara was saying, I mean, especially in this um, 
pretty strict society. Like, she was allowed to have jobs growing up. You know, she worked at the grocery store in town and everything. Um, but would they have just allowed her to go take a job somewhere far away for no reason, you yeah. know? Not if she yeah. was needed more at the scrapyard. Well, and she always was, you know. I mean, right. we even see when she's in college and was still going home every summer, which I was like, just don't go home. Find <laughs> yeah, a summer job where that. you are. Yep. Um, they still were trying to, you know, they were sucking her in every time. Yeah. I mean, her sister doesn't live at home. And I think it, it, she might have been able to manage something like that, where she could have moved out from the house and gotten her own job and done her own thing. But I do, still don't think that would have completely um completely changed her the way that education did right mm -hmm. anything to add susan or are you good i uh, know everybody said what i was thinking so <laughs> <laughs> we're mind readers i'm just here nodding my head yep <laughs> <laughs> and so tyler is her sibling that first leaves to go to college and he's I don't know if they say how much older, but he's a few years older. Um, and, like, it was still a big deal that he left. It, it wasn't really looked upon in a good light. But I feel like her dad was much more upset when Tara was trying to leave. Mm -hmm. And why do you think that is? Is it just because she's the youngest or she's a girl? Or uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm pretty sure it's because she's a girl. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because um, be, Tyler's like you know he's a man; he can make his own decisions. Even though Dad isn't happy with it, you know he this is like what my son wants. And but with Tara, it's like she's my daughter; she needs to listen to everything I say because I know best. And that is mm -hmm. so infuriating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And I think she also makes kind of a reference where they always knew Tyler was kind of the different one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He would, you know, he liked to read. He'd go listen to classical music in his room. Yep. Uh, and Tara wasn't so much like that. Um, she fit in pretty well in the junkyard and, you know, up on the roofs, you know, helping them build buildings and whatnot. Yep. I, th um, I think at one point even her... Her her father said about Tyler's like, oh, he's going to go and like, you know, learn a lot. Like a man should learn as much as he can kind of mentality, mm -hmm. um, especially when her other brother was going to go to college. It's kind of the same thing. Like, oh, you know, my sons need to, you know, if they can, they need to learn what they can because they're men and men should know, know things. Mm hmm. Yeah. But why would a woman need to know these right. things? <laughs> oh, yeah. The one line he says. Uh, when Tara goes back at one point and his mom's not in the kitchen or her mom's not in the kitchen making breakfast and he, you know, the dad's making breakfast and he sees Tara come and he's like, well, you're a woman, ain't you? And this is the kitchen or something. It's like, oh no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was not stupid. That was, <laughs> I was not, I was so mad. <laughs> so that's kind of where his head is at. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree that her being a girl is a contributing factor. But again, I think like it's not just one thing. I think her being the youngest girl 
like and the youngest child has a lot to do with it because they don't seem to make as big a deal when Audrey decides to get a job and get out of the house. But they like Tara she's leaving. Not, she's not getting an education. Yeah. She's not going to the socialist liberal right. mainstream place. You know, Tara's not just leaving. She is like if Tara were to get married and get a job, then her dad would be like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, she's leaving to go do this thing that he hates and has rallied against his entire life. I mean, that's true. But there's also the sense that, like, his, um, her mom, when she's saying, like, oh, maybe I won't go to college, her mom's like, no, you're the one that I always knew was going to make something of your life. Like, there's definitely some sort of idea in their head that's like, Tara is special. I mean, now, would, that might would be her in the mom, mother's head. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, would her mom ever say that in front of her dad? Mm. Yeah, I don't <laughs> no, know. Probably I not. I don't know. But there's definitely, there's some sort of implication from the way that the siblings and the parents treat her in their, each in their own way. Like, you know, her dad being like, she's never allowed to leave here and do those, you know, be in those performances. And then him being like, no, you can sing. You can sing all you want. I'll be in the front row every time you sing. So there's definitely a sense that she's, you know, she's like their little girl, you know? Oh, see, I always viewed that as a dig on his vanity. Yeah, I thought so too. That even though, like, not it's not about her. (laughs) It has nothing to do with her. If this was any of his children, he would do it. And the reason why he's doing it is because even though he says he's pious, even though he says he believes in all these things, the second it means getting accolades from the community... He's there. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. There's part of it to that, but I think, you know, I th- I don't think that's all of it. I really do think, and here's the crazy part, because I think he is a super neglectful man, but I really do think that before she goes and leaves, I think he, like, really dotes on his daughter. And even when at some point early... In her academic career, she calls home and she's really frustrated and she's expecting her dad to be like, all right, come home. And he's like, no, you're going to be fine. Like, he really dotes on her, which, you know. Well, and I think that kind of goes into, um, and I guess, let me find that question, Um, mental illness, right? Um, There's a lot of talk of mental illness in this book. Tara thinks her father is bipolar and or schizophrenic. And I feel like that kind of falls into that because sometimes he is. He's really supportive sometimes. And I think it was one of the maybe it was the first break she came home and she was talking to him about her classes. And he was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Tell me more about your classes, you know. And and like you said, he was like telling her that she'd be fine and that he knew she could do it. And and then it's like you get a whiplash then when it turns into you're not allowed to go back there and I'm not going to let you live here this summer if, you know, and it just, <laughs> I don't know. What what did you think about that? So we, we have her, her dad that she thinks is bipolar and or schizophrenic. Um, I feel like her brother, Sean, shows a lot of these characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that Tara, from all of this, is probably suffering from PTSD. Uh, I also read an article in Psychology Today where a psychologist was talking about this memoir and was pondering if Tara has Stockholm Syndrome. 
So mm. what are your thoughts overall with the mental illness portrayed in this book and, and how that fit into her life? Uh, that's so hard. <laughs> um, it's so heavy. Yeah. yeah I, I guess I, I feel very uncomfortable waiting too far into this since I have had very little, um, experience or similar experience, but from what I can read and from what she tells me, um, in the books or tells us in the book is that, you know, it, it clearly deeply affected her. It's clearly kept her locked away, but I, I think even more so than the bipolar disorder her father has, um, the way she internalized it, and I think PTSD is a pretty good way. Stockholm syndrome might be a, another good one, uh, but she's definitely internalized it in a way that's very negative to her uh, development, and and she recognizes that in the book. Um, so I mean, gosh, I honestly can't imagine having to go through what she went through. Yeah, um, I, it, it's terrifying, and what terrifies me more is knowing that a lot of people go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I just don't think there's enough help in general for people in these situations. Um, so yeah, that's really all I feel comfortable even saying about it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I think that's one thing I really liked about this book is kind of bringing awareness. Um, she's basically writing about like, ca- it's like a cautionary tale. Like these things can happen anywhere. And we need to make sure that this kind of thing should not happen again. Um, and because with her dad, with the kind of support, and I mean, honestly, with the support he was showing, it even wasn't that often, but it was often no. enough to make it an impact to her where it's like, there is someone kind down there and someone who loves me deep inside. And she is searching for that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. That's what makes it really hard because uh, it's like he, you know, he needs all this help, but you're just thinking he's just having a bad day, you know, or like, oh, he is kind, so it should be okay. And I mean, that's hard to get out of. And you see her struggle with that, you know? Yeah. And I think she struggles with that with her brother, mm-hmm. Sean, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, just seeing those two sides of him where they were really close and had some really nice moments together. But as she grew older, um, things changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain element of control there. So like they, you know, the less they can control her, like the less she sees that loving side of them. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely, there's, I would say there's definitely room for people who know more about these things to talk about mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, But you bring up a good point, Jeanette, Um, like over, because I think, because you see the support at the beginning of her college education with her dad, like you said, with the phone call. Right. Um, Right. When she comes home. Right. Yeah. But then later on... um, he's trying to convert her back and like bring her back to God, you know, when she's Mm -hmm. in Cambridge or, um, doing her doctorate. Um, it's like, 
he thinks he still has the control at the beginning. He thinks, oh, he's, she's going to go to BYU, then she'll come back and still help. But as time goes on, he's realizing, I don't have that control anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and actually, yeah, that's true, because she was going to BYU initially mm-hmm. to study music. Yeah. Yep. So pretty much she could be like a choral director at a church or something like right. that. Right. And we that all, was her you know, original goal. And we know that she was very talented in music, and that was something he was very proud of her for. Um, So, but that changes when she actually gets to BYU and is taking, I think it was like an art history Mm -hmm. class. Yes. And um, one of the the portraits or whatnot that was they were talking about was about the Holocaust, and she had never heard of the Holocaust or the civil rights movement that she learns in another class. Yep. And so, yeah, so that was like a whole thing. Um, so, but after she finds out about that, she is so drawn to history and ends up kind of going that route instead of the music route. And so while she's at Cambridge, she's studying his, historiography, I guess is how you mm-hmm. say it. And that is the writing of history or pretty much studying the history of history itself. So did you find that interesting? Like what, what, what are your thoughts on her going the history route? I mean, to me, that makes perfect sense. Um, For a person curious like her, yeah. Yeah, when somebody is, yeah, exactly, very curious and somebody who hasn't been exposed to a lot of history or has only been exposed to, like, very, very small components of history to find out that, hey, by manipulating history that way, you can change how it's told. You can change how history is written. I think that would definitely be something that interests you then, hey, how does history get written? How does history get told? Mm-hmm. Well, especially because that's been her whole life mm-hmm. is someone has decided what history to tell her and how to tell it. Exactly. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Any other thoughts on that? <laughs> no, I think I yep. agree. So along with that thought, um, like we had said before, it does feel like she's actually keeping this fairly unbiased, you know, even though it is her memoir, it's her memories. She does have some footnotes from time to time where she's like, I'm not quite sure about this. You know, I talked to this person and that person to kind of get a general consensus of the memory that, you know, I think I remembered. Um, Because there's always more than one side to a story when you have multiple people having the same memory. And um, unsurprisingly, her parents have come out through their attorney to say that this memoir is not true or at the best grossly exaggerated. Uh, So this book was released on February 20th, 2018. And I found an article from February 23rd, 2018 that had a statement from uh, her parents' family attorney. Um, And so here's a little piece from that article. It says, Tara's parents are disappointed Tara would write a book that maligns them, their religion, their country, and homeschooling. Although there's a little German truth in Educated, the book falsely portrays the Westover family. They are a conservative, patriotic people. Tara says her father is, and then they have Mormon in parentheses, a Mormon fundamentalist, which infers that he believes in polygamy. That's certainly not true. 
She actually says her father has schizophrenia and that her mother has a severe brain injury that was never cared for, so she has lost her motor skills. Anyone who knows her knows that is not true. So, end quote. Um, So I found that very interesting, what they decided to talk about in that statement. Just, okay, so... Lot to yeah, there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Mormon fundamentalist, which infers that he believes in polygamy. I mean, it's like an illness. It's like just because you're one thing doesn't mean you have all the the, the characteristics. You know, <laughs> it's like. And she never said no. He, she never said it. No, never, never. Um, but it's like ju- you know, just because they're not that one thing doesn't mean they're this you know one characteristic. Then they're this one thing. It's like an illness. Like you don't get all the symptoms. You get some of them. It's like you can't make a statement like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that was infuriating. And I don't think she ever said I'm, that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. <clears throat> a Mormon fundamentalist and a fundamentalist are different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he clearly is one or the other one more than the other. Um, conservatives, certainly. But I don't think, you know. The whole like, oh yeah, she had a brain injury that's never cared for and therefore lost her motor skills. She says she gets better. Yes, I was just there are better days mm-hmm. in the book. We see her but getting of, better and better as the years go yeah. on. But of course, they don't want to point that out. They just want to point out where the inconsistencies are that make it to them to people who they're telling never to read this book to. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like oh, you can't read this book. It's it's you know it's total waste of your time because you know in it they say that she can't even do anything and look clearly she's in the kitchen every day and blah Mm -hmm. blah blah and the sad thing is those people are never going to read the book and they're going to go yeah clearly that's true if that's what Tara says in the book they're you know clearly they're fine yeah and what I found maybe even more interesting is what they left out Mm -hmm. they didn't even touch on the abuse no right no just it, so, it's just an yeah. infuriating article <laughs> well i mean i get why though why even bring it up these again this is to you know you think of it from their perspective they're putting out this press release in order to say something to the people who already most likely are not going to read the book because they're already like disciples of theirs or blah blah, blah theirs they're not going to bring up anything that is going to make people question and read the book oh for sure they're just not going to yep. mm-hmm. yeah I mean, this, it strikes me as a statement because she does talk a lot about, you know, abuse. She talks a lot about the lack of education. She talks a lot about different accidents and injuries that her family goes through. I think it is one of those things where they had to say something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is what they said. These are the things that are not true that she implies in her book. They have to say something. It's kind of fascinating because uh, towards the end of the book, she mentions how she gave her father a lot more control of her life um, by having him tell her story, you know? Um, So she writes this book and now they're being defensive and coming out like because they're thinking their story is not being told, you know? Kind of want to go back to... I think that's the danger of writing a memoir where <laughs> everyone is somehow mysteriously still alive. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, good grief. That's how are they all alive after all these ridiculous accidents? Oh, my goodness. I I just don't. Yeah. I mean, that this is why they can kind of talk about what they can. Right. It's like it is it is what they believe in. Like this is God. You know, we went through this terrible ordeal and, you know, he allowed us to live. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I know we are running short on time here. Um, so one, I actually ended up making the little synopsis that I read because normally I just pick something off of Goodreads or Amazon. But I wasn't super happy with how those synopses were written for this. So they were pretty much like everything I'm reading, articles, everything was saying like her family – she comes from a family of survivalists, and some of the articles I read use the term, oh, they're the off-the-grid family. And the Amazon synopsis actually says her family was so isolated from mainstream society that there was no one to ensure the children received an education. So do you really think that's an accurate description of the family? Um, do you feel like people are putting a spotlight on that particular aspect of her childhood? And by doing that takes away like a message that she's trying to convey about like moral absolutism or um, like just trying to believe in your own memories when you're being told they're wrong. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Well, her father clearly is a survivalist, Mm -hmm. you know, he's building a a literal bunker. Um, I think of him more as a prepper because to me, a survivalist is like literally you, you're not on like, you have your own well water. You don't have electricity. You're like completely isolated from society. And maybe that's just my. So, so maybe this is a vocabulary thing. But I, I mean, I definitely see them as the type of people like they're prepping for the apocalypse or the end times or whatever. And they've got a bunch of weird stuff um, going on to do that. Um, but that being said, are they I, that, are they that isolated? No. Mm-hmm. They go to church every Sunday. A bunch of them have jobs in town. Mm-hmm. They go yeah. into town all the time. They're not that isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of it, they eventually get a computer. They eventually get the TV. They eventually get yep. all these other things that we have. Um, I mean, her mom and them, like I, like I had said before, this um, essential oil business is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a website. She has a YouTube channel. She's on mm-hmm. Facebook, Facebook Live. Oh, well, doing, now, now it's different. You know. They have money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it changes when you have money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I think it's easy for for places to, like, pitch it that way, you know, because it's intrigue. Um, and it's not as heavy and triggery, you know. <laughs> um, and it's just easier for them to say, talk about the survivalist portion and being off the grid, you know. Um but I feel like that's just the setup. There's definitely more to this book than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think she definitely, um, as we talked about, she definitely is focused on the education and the impact education and learning about the world and history, how that has changed her world, basically. And I think that, may, like, it makes it easier in the synopsis if you talk about, yes, they were isolated from society and didn't receive an education. It's easier to draw that line through 
from her background to where she at, where she is now. Mm-hmm. So that could be part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like when I saw that, it it gave me a different idea of what this book would be um, because I wasn't expecting them to be so in, like, I mean, the mainstream society for Idaho, right? (laughs) I mean, it is still, it's still a rural area, Mm -hmm. but they definitely weren't completely isolated to themselves. Right. No, they weren't. And I think, you know, I think there are definitely times um, when she's younger, that if they could have been, I think her father probably would have wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Like if he could have done without, you know, oh sure, electricity and cable and all that, he probably would have tried to at certain points. But until, you know, until it started making him money and then it's like, oh, well, there is a value mm-hmm. in having uh, and, the Internet. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm sure they justify it by saying they give back to the church and a whole bunch of other things. And They employ five billion yeah, people. Yeah, they employ a bunch of people. And, and they, they do. It's probably probably a very and, successful business with a ton of employees and a ton of people make money off of it. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. So that makes it okay. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> no. I mean, in their world. Yes. There's a lot of things I think they do that are not okay. Yeah. Oh, Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, I think, um, I guess we'll wrap it up with, did you like it? (laughs) This is a hard question for this kind of book. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Can you actually say you liked it? I mean, does it make me a horrible person if I say yes? I know. I mean, I found it so compelling. Like, I, yep. it, it was almost hard to believe this happened to a real person at some times. Um, and recently. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she's, very, she's very a year recently. younger than me. Yeah, she, yeah. I was gonna say she's like our age. She's in our cohort. It's it's yeah. very odd. Um, but I, I I really liked it. I I think, and that's a testament to the author. Yes. It's a d- definitive testament to Tara because she was able to write in a way that even though this is extremely graphic, even though this is extremely disturbing, even though there's a lot of heavy stuff in here, I wanted to keep going. So, uh, yeah. I've recommended it half a dozen times already. So, yeah, I would tell people read it, but maybe borrow it from the library. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll they'll be on a long wait. Oh uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but it is worth the read. I think. I think people, the general public, needs to know more of this kind of story. Not just the survivalist, the off the grid part, but the. The family part, the abuse part, um, the mental illness part, like being educated, how important it is. Like, I think that is all important to know. Mm -hmm. Um, And the writing is really good. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I would agree that, you know, it's got a lot of solid writing. I actually have, I would say, like four quotes that I highlighted because I thought they were just really well said. And I don't think it's like wrong to like a book like this. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't want to keep reading it. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
and so I am going to link a few articles. So I'll link the uh, Westover attorney's response and the um, the psychologist's take on educated and another one that I found um, called Books Were Not Tricks and I Was Not Feeble on Tara Westover's Educated from the Millions website. Uh, so we'll have those linked in the show notes if you would like to take a look. And next month, the book we'll be reading for eclectic readers is Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, it's been years. <laughs> Can't wait. No, I haven't picked this up in a long time. I'm excited. Yeah, I haven't read it before. It'll be my first read. Me too. Yeah. <gasps> Me too. So good. Uh, yes, I uh, I have caved peer, peer pressure. Um <laughs> I mean, I was I was like being bombarded by when I was like, hey, I've never read this before. I, maybe I should pick this for my pick. And everybody's like, yes. I'm like, oh, God, OK, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Sometimes peer pressure is a good thing, OK? <laughs> Sometimes. In this one singular case. <laughs> uh, but no, I am excited. And apparently it's going to be adapted into a TV show. So, yeah. yeah. With David Tennant, right? Yep, David Tennant. Yep, mm-hmm. and hey. David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Nice. So, so that'd be exciting. I just got the audiobook for it, so I'll be starting that soon. I'm excited. So, anyways, um, so we have all, like Meredith said, all our links of the articles and the books that we've talked about. Um, that will be in our show notes on eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 57. And where can people find you on the internet, ladies? Well, you can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A. That's J-M-T Rivera. And on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. How about you, Tara? You can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Litzy, all under the same name, Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. And Meredith? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, Goodreads, all under the same handle, Mare the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. And uh, listeners can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Litzy uh, at Rudy Kaicho, R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. And please make sure to subscribe subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you'll never miss an episode it'll just be right there in the morning waiting for you um while you brush your teeth and your commute um that way you don't always have to be searching for a website um and go ahead and rate and review us on apple podcasts um just like our review above it'll just let people know where we are that we're around and we're awesome um so keep uh reviewing us please that will be wonderful and we'll be very grateful to you um and i think that's it so let's go ahead and shelve this until next month all right bye bye, bye.